Welcome to the Soft Life with Sadie Baddies. Sadie Baddies is the antidote to mental health stigma, and this podcast is hosted by yours truly, Priscilla O. Adjman. We are a virtual sanctuary centering Black and multiracial people, and we prioritize the mental and emotional nourishment that is the foundation of collective healing in our communities. Thank you for being here. Welcome back to the Soft Life Baddies. I cannot believe we are almost in July. Literally two days from now, it will be July 1st, which is nuts, but I have been really enjoying this summer season so far, this new energy, and I hope that you've been enjoying the same. Last week, we talked about how to hold yourself accountable and practice more self-awareness. And if you are subscribed to our newsletter, you will have already received your exclusive journal prompts, which is designed to help you get into a space of self-awareness and help you to dive deeper in some of those questions that we brought up last week. So if you still want to grab those journal prompts, feel free to DM us or leave a comment under our most recent post and we will send it to your inbox. We've had a couple people actually reach out and DM us and say, hey, I didn't get the journal prompt because I just signed up for the newsletter. So if you still want them, feel free to just reach out and we will share them with you. So this week we have a very insightful and heartful conversation with Amani Rakia, and she is your favorite YouTuber, your favorite, she's my favorite comfort YouTuber. Amani is a digital content creator, storyteller, and she's also a former Rare Beauty and Aritzia community and social media manager. Most importantly, what I love about Imani is that she's really creating the life that she loves on her own terms. So whether you might see her perfecting her at-home matcha latte recipe or her opening up about loneliness, dating, finding your people in a new city, and just navigating adulthood in your 20s, Imani is a truth teller and she really shares honestly and authentically about her journey and I really love this conversation. So let's welcome Amani Richardson into the soft life. Welcome to the Soft Life Pod. We are here with the beautiful and the amazing, your favorite TikTok girly, your favorite Instagram girly, okay? Amani Richardson. And I'm so happy to have you joining us today. You are an inspiration to a lot of us, to many of us, and um, just welcome you into the Soft Life Pod. How are you feeling, Amani? I'm feeling okay today. Thank you so much for that beautiful and warm intro. I'm so happy to be here. Of course, of course. So we are here to get to know more about you, to learn more about your story. And of course, we want to talk about softness and what that means to you as a Black woman. So one question that I always start off with is asking each guest, what are some of the pivotal moments in your upbringing? Because I think in retrospect, sometimes we can be like, oh, wow, that time that I my family moved from Ohio to California was really pivotal for me or starting college. So could you name a couple pivotal moments in your upbringing that made you the person that you are today? 
Yeah, I think I would definitely start back to my early childhood um, when I left my mom upstate New York um, Mm -hmm. and I moved with my dad to Connecticut. Um, I feel like that was a journey in itself because I feel like throughout that process, my mom and I, we kind of had our own like little issues and just like trying to work things out. Um, And I would say just like with between the relationship between me and my mom, I feel like I have dealt with, you know, just feelings of just like loneliness and just like missing her. Um, You know, she was going through her own personal, you know, issues with her mental health as well. Um, So I definitely feel like I experienced like early signs of just like depression, but I think around the age of like seven or like eight, I didn't really know like what that was. So kind of just like internalizing just a lot of my feelings and things like that. Um, And I think looking back on I can definitely say um, that I was going through and healing through just like um, abandonment issues. Mm. Um, So I would say like really just like working through trying to heal the mother wound, like from my early childhood to come like where I am now, Mm. I would say it's like a huge pivotal moment just to like how I became who I am today and just like the reason behind like my why and the types of content that I share um, across the internet. So I would say that's like one pivotal moment. Um, I know that was like a huge moment, um, (laughs) but I think I would also say um, when I was in undergrad, I realized that um, I went to Southern Connecticut State University. um, And during my time in undergrad, I felt like I was either going to like just be a doctor or a teacher. Like that was just Mm. kind of like the the path that I felt like I was kind of either going to be on in Connecticut. Um, But then I wanted to really kind of travel a bit more to New York City since it was like right there, just like a few hours to like drive up there. And so I was just like, I went to New York a lot. I, um, just started networking and meeting different people. And I was like, oh my God, there's people out here that like do photography and like content creation and like social media. And I just thought that was like so freaking cool. And I was like, I want to immerse myself into like this creative atmosphere. And so then my junior year of undergrad, I was like, yeah, I do not want to major in public health anymore, but I also don't want to spend any more time in school. So I'm just going to find a way to like carve out my own path into working in social media. So Mm. I continue going back to the city a lot and I got lots of internships um and then when it was time for me to graduate I like applied to a bunch of different jobs just like hoping for the best and like really trying to hone in on the experiences that I got between my junior and senior year and I ended up just like finding a way to like make it into the social media industry um so I would definitely say that was a pivotal moment as well because if it wasn't for me realizing that there was more to life than just becoming a teacher or a doctor then like I don't think I would be where I am right now so yeah yeah so you definitely had a non-linear journey it sounds like um I resonate so much with that because I also went to college thinking like I'm gonna be a doctor I'm gonna be a pediatrician or a surgeon one or the other like I had that dead set in my head up until I graduated from college and it's funny that you mentioned public health because that detour for me actually was going to public health grad school. So I think it's, I love hearing stories about people who have nonlinear journeys and still, you know, realizing that even if you were conditioned to think there's only one route, you can create mm-hmm. your own lane, you can create your own path and you can be successful without having these very rigid um, kind of 
preconceived outcomes for yourself. So I mm-hmm. love hearing about your story. Um, you. I think that's so interesting. I mean, yeah, you're letting <laughs> the girls know, like, it's okay to like switch it up and, yeah. and follow mm-hmm. your path. Um, what I love so much about you and, you know, your content and what you share is how raw and honest and organic it is. I mean, you really show up online fully yourself. And I feel like even though it's crazy, we haven't met or we haven't been in the same room, we've met and we've actually worked together before because, yeah. you know, you were um, previously a social media manager at Rare Beauty and that's how we got connected. Mm-hmm. So you have been, you know, part of like the digital space, content creation space, but I think you really show up in such an authentic and beautiful way that I have never seen before. And I mean, really, really never seen before. And it's really beautiful to see your journey um, and how much you have grown, you know, from your different um, roles in social media to being your Mm -hmm. own creator yourself. Can you talk a little bit more about that transition between Mm -hmm. or from you starting off working in content or working in digital um, Mm -hmm. social media management and, you know, community management as well? going from there to slowly evolving into a full-time content creator. And I, I honestly, I consider content creators to be entrepreneurs um, mm-hmm. in their own right, because that is a job and it's a business. And yeah. even what you're sharing content itself, that's a product, you know? Mm-hmm. So I would love to know more about that transition from working in social to being mm-hmm. that girl. Yeah, I would say, like I said, in undergrad, I just knew that this was the industry social media wise that I wanted to be in. And so I remember just putting out a bunch of applications. um, And I first started out as editorial assistant at BuzzFeed, um, have a huge passion for writing and storytelling. Um, And then I think BuzzFeed went through a couple of rounds of just like layoffs. And so then after that, um, I just continued to apply to a bunch of different jobs. um, And then I remember I started intern. Um, at Refinery29. And then I eventually just like moved to Brooklyn, New York. Um, And during that time, I was also kind of just like working for myself in terms of just like doing freelance social media management for like other smaller businesses. Um, And then from there, I ended up going full-time at Refinery29 as a social media editor. Um, And then I just feel like one thing led to another and like Mm -hmm. I was filling my groove at Refinery29, but then like another opportunity like Rare Beauty by Sam Gomez came on um and they wanted me to relocate to California and I was like oh like this is cool California was like never really a part of my you know vision for my life but like it sounds really cool so like let's just see what this is about and so I ended up taking that offer um and then from there I just kind of realized that as much as I love beauty, that's something that like I actually just really wanted to keep sacred just like for myself and I just felt very exhausted Mm -hmm. just trying to like I don't know. I just like the beauty industry at times can just be very toxic. Um, And I just felt like as a black woman, there were just like too many discrepancies and too many things that I just felt like just didn't really sit right with me. And I felt like too many brands are trying to uphold just European beauty standards. I'm just like, Mm -hmm. you know what, this just doesn't really like 
fit me. I don't really feel seen. And so I kind of just wanted to like pivot into a different kind of avenue. And so I moved over into the skincare world, which I felt was more universal, more versatile, more flexible. Um, And so then I started working at Curology as their social media manager um, for their TikTok channel. Um, And that was just like super dope, super amazing. And I think it was like this point where it was like, I want to say my first time ever in my corporate career where I had a black woman manager and she Mm. poured into me so deeply and it just inspired me to just like want so much more out of life and for myself. Um, And so when I was running the TikTok over at Curology, all I was doing was just like creating content, creating content, creating content. So I feel like it was kind of like a manifestation for like kind Mm. of where I am now. Um, but you were then, training. <laughs> You're basically literally. training. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely feel like I was training for this moment. Uh, um, and then my manager went on maternity leave. And I feel like at that moment, the atmosphere at the workplace just felt a little, a little different. Like she was yeah. like my cheerleader, like she was like my ride or die, like my right hand. Yeah. Um, so when she left, I was like, hmm, like, I don't know if I'm really feeling this. But yeah. at this point, when I left Curology, I knew that I wanted to become a creator full time. I would mm-hmm. say like, while I was working at Curology, I was also doing um, content creation, just like on the side, like for myself. Um, and I would say that was like at the top of 2022, when I was just like creating content at home in my new apartment and that was the first time when my videos ever went viral on Instagram I think it hit over like 1.8 million um views and it literally was that moment like when I tell you guys all it takes is just like one video to like legit change your life like that one video changed my life I remember (laughs) seeing that I was like oh my god like and you are literally so talented at how you produce your reels and it's a production I know it's not like it's not like no like five clips pieced together on CapCut like mm-hmm. you're putting in work you're it's, yes. it's extremely it's very high high production you know mm-hmm. content and I can tell you put so much energy and time into creating it and the girls we see it we see clearly yeah. I mean that's amazing <laughs> thank you you had so this I one video like, that mm-hmm. yes. went viral essentially Yep. So that one video went viral and I swear I probably gained like almost 30,000 followers within a span of like maybe three months. And from that moment, I ended up having a talent manager at the time who I didn't know. She said she was watching me for like (laughs) a long time. So she slid in my DMs and wanted to hop on Zoom and like we chatted. Um, I would say like meeting her was also like a pivotal moment in my life because she has put my name in so many rooms and in front of mm. millions of dollars. Like I'm just so Period. blessed to be able to have someone just kind of like rooting for me, like in yes. spaces that like, I just don't know exists, you know? So then I was able to like, you know, get a talent manager. Um, and then eventually I left Curology and then I moved over to Aritzia. Um, so at Aritzia, I kind of was like, you know what? I love content creation. I obviously want to do this full time, but if I go to another um, role, 
solar company, I do not want to be creating content. Like I, I have to keep that for myself. I don't want to feel the burnout or anything. So my role at Aritzia was senior community manager. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, that looked like really building up a community strategy, working on like brand ambassadorships and just like things like that and how um, the brand as can show up online more from like that human aspect and thinking about like, yeah. you know, in real life events, online events, stuff like that. And that felt like more my speed. I love that. I love to build community online. I'm like deeply connected to my own community that I have built on social. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and I think now I just got to a point where like, as I'm working at Aritzia, like the brand deals just like keep coming. And it just got to a point where I just mentally and physically could not do both. Mm-hmm. And I just knew that like, I wanted my passion to, you know, outweigh what I was doing for, you know, someone else. So yes. I was like, you know what, Aritzia, I love you guys so much. No hard feelings. But like, it just felt like go. the most natural. Yeah. yeah. I felt like the most natural next step for me to just like say peace out and just do this full time. Listen, <laughs> I, I, I don't know about y'all, but I'm manifesting those problems. I yeah. want those problems like that. <laughs> that is beautiful that that organically just it started to become so much like you were you're attracting so much abundance that you actually had to make a choice. That yeah. is beautiful. And mm-hmm. just know that like that is that is a testament to all the work that you've already put in. But also, I think just proof of like God and spirit aligning yeah. and giving you all of this am- amazing, you know, opportunities. And we're so mm-hmm. proud of you. I'm proud of you. Thank just you. Give me your flowers. Like I'm so <laughs> incredibly proud of you, Mani. And it's beautiful to just continue watching you grow. So you talked a little bit about how, you know, you had videos that went viral and mm-hmm. uh, your community grew pretty much overnight, as some some would say. Mm-hmm. You know, three months is a very short span of time to have mm-hmm. a increase of 30,000 followers. Mm-hmm. So how did you start to manage your communities? Like I know you have your TikTok community, you mm-hmm. have your YouTube community, and then you have mm-hmm. your Instagram followers, your community on, on Instagram as well. How did you grow each following and kind of maintain the volume of people that were coming to your page, DMing you, commenting, mm-hmm. you know, replying to your stories? Like how were you able to manage that? Because that's a lot. It's a Mm -hmm. lot. It's a lot of interaction, communication. Um, Yeah, I would love to know. Yeah, I feel like for me, it definitely was a lot at first. But at the same time, I feel like throughout my journey and just like the kind of content that I share, especially speaking so vulnerably and open about my mental health, Um, I found it just like very rewarding to to be able to have deeper conversations with other people and people feeling so open and welcome to share their own life story with me, you know, in my DMs. It it was nothing for me to just like reply and say, hey, give advice, give insights and give tips. So I felt like for me, like it was, it wasn't hard for me, I guess. I think I would just say like, well, this is a lot all at once, but it wasn't hard for me to consistently engage with them just because mm. I know that the kind of content that I'm putting out, like I'm very aware that like someone else is probably fighting a silent battle and they just need that yeah, one yeah. person to kind of just like put something out there for them to feel like it's okay for them to open up and share what they're going through. Um, but I feel like for me, like in the end of it all, like, yes, love the views, all of that. But like, I'm so much more, 
I feel like it means more to me just to be able to see people be so open and vulnerable, you know, back with me. Cause I feel like I'm putting out that kind of energy as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for the most part, like it's just me some nights just spending time in the comments, you know, in my DMS. Um, I don't get to everyone like all within the same day, but I definitely do make sure to at least yeah. like acknowledge and let someone know that they're seeing or that that's like, you know, through responding to a comment, you know, liking the comment, um, or just sharing my own kind of like advice um like back with them in the messages but I also feel like whenever I do see people commenting things like I'm always like kind of like taking notes and kind of mm -hmm. like bottling up that feedback so that way as I continue to create my content like I know kind of like what the girls are looking for or yeah. kind of like what is like you know, what's pressing my community right now? And yes. like, is there an experience that yes. like I have gone through that I can also tap into yeah. um, and also share as well? So, yes, I love that. I love that. I think that's something that's really um, intrinsic with community management. I do the mm -hmm. same thing with I, I call them like pulse checks. Like I'm like, all right, how are we feeling? Like, you know, if there's mm -hmm. something that just happened in the news or like yeah. there's some celebrity drama, I'm like, OK, what's tea? Like what's going mm -hmm. on? talk to us, you know, and I think it's, it's, it's a form of, you know, taking in information, but it's also feeling the vibe, reading the room. Mm -hmm. And I think you do that so well. So I love, you know, how it sounds like it's also very organic for you to do this. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But I also would love to know what, what is your relationship with social media as a full-time content creator, as a mm -hmm. full-time entrepreneur? How would you describe it right now in this moment? I know it can change from day to day, girl. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> like, trust me, it could change in a the yeah. drop of a hat. But would love to know what your current relationship is with social media right now. Yeah, I I think I would say I have a pretty good relationship with social media. Um, I feel like for me, I just use social media for like what I need it for. And I'm not the kind of person that likes to spend so much time just like going down rabbit holes on the internet. Yeah. Um, I think for me as a creator, it's also important to kind of just like see what else is happening, see what's trending, like, you know, trying to be in the know. Um, but I think for me, I use that time very sparingly. Like I try not to pay too much attention to mm -hmm. trends. Like I just like to... Cause I feel like for me as like a storyteller, cause I really feel like that's like what I am as a storyteller. And so I feel like it's important that I don't spend my time just trying to see what's trending and like seeing what people are posting all the time. Yeah. Like I just want to make sure that like, I'm always like sharing for my own POV yeah. and I'm not trying to tap into what someone else is doing and things like that. Yeah. Um, so I feel like for me, my relationship isn't like super toxic at all because I do set those boundaries for myself where I'm just like okay today is a Friday and I'm not posting but I just want to be entertained so let me just like go on TikTok let yeah. me not try and just like go see you know what sponsorships or like campaigns like other influencers got because yeah. for why you know what I'm saying right, like I try right. to just use social media as a form of just like 
entertainment for myself to be honest yeah. um and then once I feel like I've gotten what I needed you know in terms of being entertained I'm like you know what okay that was a good break for me it's kind of like watching like Netflix or something the TV? I do not yeah, yeah TV like show. I don't watch TV at all like I just like yeah it's too too much like in terms of like sensory like overload like yeah. I can't watch TV like I can't create content and be on like social media like I gotta pick one so like yeah. I use social media as that for me and then I kind of just like go back into my own hole and just like brainstorm and just like create my own content. So, wow, that is so healthy. And (laughs) I feel like I wish a lot of us could say the same. I wish a lot of us could say the same thing, but it sounds like you've created really healthy boundaries for yourself and you know what works for you and what's going to help you to stay inspired, but not Mm -hmm. come sucked into the vortex or the, you know, eco chamber yeah. of social media. So mm-hmm. shout out to you for doing that. That's very, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not. It's not. Um, so for the girls who don't know, Amani has a really beautiful series on YouTube called the living alone diaries. And I love them. It's one of my, you are one of my comfort YouTubers um, that I just like, I, I'm like, you know what? I need a girly vibe, you know, like, <laughs> I need a, I need, I need some feminine energy in the room. Like I just love to, you know, if I'm cooking or doing whatever, I'll just, you know, put that on. But you have created this series and Mm -hmm. it's more of a diary in my opinion. Like I, I look at it and I'm like, wow, like this is so candid, so raw, so honest. And you touch a lot about, you touch on dealing with loneliness, especially moving Mm -hmm. to a new city since you moved from the, the East coast to LA um, a couple of years ago for work. And I'm assuming that that transition was not that simple and having to literally uproot yourself. The culture in New York is very different than the culture in LA mm-hmm. as well. Like yeah. I'm an East coast girly through and through. Yeah. So I get it. You know, I'm like, Ooh, I don't know if I could ever do LA, but mm-hmm. I feel like that adaptability is a skill set. I also would love for you to share and open up more about that experience dealing with loneliness, you know, romantically, mm-hmm. socially, maybe even from your family, how have mm-hmm. you dealt with that? How, how have you, you know, learned more about yourself from that experience? Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a loaded question. Um, I feel like the transition for me definitely was really, really hard to mm-hmm. start for sure, because I think once I realized things that I didn't like about the beauty industry and just like about my job. Like, I think that already kind of like messed up my mental health in a way. Um, And so it took just a long time to muster up the courage and just be like, you know what? Like, I don't want to be the strong black woman anymore to just like figure it out and just like push through. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to leave this job and I'm going to, you know, move elsewhere. (laughs) And so I think once I, you know, was able to put myself in a better work environment, I feel like I opened myself myself up a little bit more to just like hanging out with different people and just like trying to like venture out in California. But I feel like it was also hard because I moved um, in 2020, like at the height of the pandemic. So it was also just like, where are people at? Like, should I stay inside? Should I go outside? Like it was very, very hard. Um, So I feel like that also kind of like messed with me a lot. And then I would just say in terms of like romantically, like with the pandemic and then like not even be able to like go out and like meet a guy, like what's happening. So I definitely resorted to dating apps and I felt like I met some guys through there, but like nothing ever really like 
stuck. Nothing ever really felt like super solid. It just felt like very flaky here and there. And I feel like that also put me in a space of just like, okay, the dating is not working out. Like my work is kind of cool, I guess. But like all of this for like, you know, like what does it all really mean? And like, what is it all really for? And so I definitely have had a lot of those thoughts. And I feel like that's really kind of like what birthed the Living Alone Diaries for me on YouTube, because it was just like, I know that like, I can't be the only one who has had major transitions in their life, whether it was moving to a whole nother state or not. But like, just like those inner thoughts of like, is it worth it? Like, and just being able to kind of like be of inspiration to someone to kind of like not be afraid to just like ask yourself those questions like get the help that you need um and really figure out like what's going to be the next best step for you on your journey but I would definitely say like overall the loneliness like hits so hard like most days and I just feel like at this point like I'm just ready to take my happiness back and unfortunately I just don't think that my happiness is here in LA Mm. um I feel like I have tried it long enough um and I just don't know if there is you know I can have 10 million friends out here and I could continue to grow on social media and go to influencer event and influencer event but still at the end of my days like there is this like deep sense of loneliness that I feel like I don't know if I just don't feel truly connected to the culture here in LA um I will say as a black woman the culture here in LA is is very different down to like the dating scene and just like the beauty standards like it's just very very different and I think you know just being an east coaster like there's yeah. just this deep sense of home that I'm missing um and yeah I don't know I guess I would say like living alone too at that like you know there are many days that I just like cry a lot and so to your yeah. question about like how do I deal with the loneliness I was like sometimes it just feels so heavy one all I could do is cry and two there are times I'm just like you know let me pick up the phone and like call a friend but it's just like I then sometimes put in the back of my head, like, okay, this is my baggage. This is like my feelings, like how open and receptive is someone else really going to be to, you know, what I'm feeling, like how much can they really help me? Um, And so sometimes I just like internalize a lot of stuff. And I know that's not the best advice. I would not advise anyone to internalize anything, but like, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I'm still in a space where like, I'm just trying to figure it out. Like I was in therapy once and I feel like I have outgrown um, cognitive therapy. Like I just feel like not to sue my own horn, but I just feel like I'm just so intellectually aware of my Mm -hmm. own emotions that like, it's getting to the point where like, I'm intellectualizing my emotions and trying to like make myself yes. not feel what I'm feeling by saying yes. like, oh yeah, like I know I am sad it's because of this. So maybe I should do this instead of that. But like, it just doesn't work. Um, and so I'm thinking about potentially trying a new form of therapy, which is somatic therapy, I think. I was just um, about to yeah. Yeah, say that. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. So the loneliness is definitely hard. And I think my best advice for anyone listening in terms of like feeling, you know, lonely and like living alone at that is honestly like just lean all the way into those feelings and just mm-hmm. like seriously, just like allow yourself to feel 
and just try not to tie yourself so deeply into your work to the point where it becomes a distraction because what I'm noticing with myself is like although I'm booked and busy with these campaigns it's like at the end of the night like I'm still very sad like it fulfills me in the moment but like there still is like this deep feeling of like dang like I wish I had like a boo or like a partner to like do all these things with. So I don't know. I think a lot of it too also just comes with just like being patient and just like timing of everything. And also just like being willing to kind of like put yourself out there. I think it's also um, super important and not just staying like so confined into, you know, your apartment, um, but just seeing what else is out there. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm sending you the biggest virtual hug right now, girl. (laughs) Like literally the biggest hug. And I feel that 1000%. Thank you for being so honest and being so real and vulnerable because this is the stuff that people don't talk about. People only see the Mm -hmm. highlight reel, but they don't know what's on the other side of the screen. There's been so many times where I've shot content or I've done a video or podcast and I just finished crying, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, or I've beat myself up right afterwards and nobody sees that, you know? So I'm just holding and extended all the grace to you um, because I get it. And I, I just want you to know that you are seen and you know you're safe here i i really appreciate you being so honest because i think more people need to understand that and me to realize that their favorite content creators their favorite artists their favorite creators uh entrepreneurs like they go through some some shit that they never ever talk about because Mm -hmm. they can't you know because once you are perceived as being a certain way Mm -hmm. or a role model to certain people or you become of service to people Mm -hmm. it's very difficult to pull back and be like wait 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 but I need help you know wait I need Mm -hmm. reassurance I need that comfort that affection so I'm just again sending you so much love and grace um and I you know I think that one of the most challenging things about moving to a new city or starting over is learning all over again, you know, what your healing tools are, your healing modalities. I know you touched on somatic healing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm aware of what somatic healing is, but I would love for you to share with the girlies, let us know what somatic healing is and mm-hmm. how how and what tools you've had at your disposal that have helped you and guided you along the way. I know that you're a big music girly. I know that you mm-hmm. love, you know, listening to music and like making that part of your like your self-care rituals as well as cooking working out like you stay in the Mm -hmm. gym we see you so (laughs) but I would love to know what are some of the tools you know and this can include music books anything whatever it is what are some of the tools that you've used in those moments where it's like I need my self-care toolkit now what are some Mm -hmm. of the tools that you've used oh some of the tools that I have used I feel like for me, I'm going to just be so like just vulnerable here as well. Yeah. I feel like a big part of my loneliness too is just like going through like the the dating and the relationship woes of like grieving the loss of like the potential of like what something like could have been. And mm. so I feel like for me, since being in LA, I feel like throughout a lot of like my dating experiences, music just so happened to be so heavily tied just like to those people or situationships. And so Mm -hmm. believe it or not, like 
I try not to listen to music as much as I can, at least like hip hop, you know, R&B and things like that. Like, because it's, it's really triggering Mm. and I'm working through the process of like trying to like reclaim that music for myself. But like, I know that literally only time can heal that. Um, So when I do listen to music, I do opt for more just like jazz, like classical kind of music, Miles Davis, um, John Coltrane, you know, I gave up the Janae Aiko. I gave up the SZA because no, wait, wait, no, I didn't give up SZA, but I gave up Summer Walker because it's just something about like just hearing another woman just like going through stuff. So instead I'm like, you know what? Let me listen to Jagged Edge. Like let me listen to Donnell Jones. (laughs) Let me listen to a man sing to me and tell me why he needs me. Affirm. (laughs) Bring that back. Period. Can you talk about bringing back R&B, 90s R&B? Because I feel like the formula was different back then. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. men knew that they had to yeah. beg for it. And it's like, yes. let's bring that back. Yeah. That is- oh my yeah. Gosh, that. So I feel like for music, it definitely has to be more like the jazz. And for me, just yeah. like in this phase of my life, um, but it's been very therapeutic when you do the jazz music with the, the cooking late at night. Like it just feels yeah. like you're in this like beautiful rom-com and you're just like the star of the show. And it just like <laughs> makes me feel just like really, really good. Um, I think aside from that, um, just the long drives. I think one thing about California that's really cool is that you can go on these beautiful scenic drives. And I feel like for me, driving helps me kind of keep focused and stay in yeah. the present. So yeah. I definitely, you know, use that as a way to just be like, okay, like I'm really not feeling it. Let me go outside and get some fresh air. I haven't been outside all day. Open up the sunroof, look at the palm trees and just yeah. coast. So that's been like really cool. Um, something else for me that I was really into prior to moving to LA, but I kind of like gave up on a while was, um, sound healing. So I used Mm -hmm. to have like tons of like crystal singing bowls. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think my mental health, like just got so bad here that I kind of just like put aside the things that like really, you know, once brought me like deep healing. And so I feel like LA has just been, this pivotal moment in my life for like it has just been my season to kind of like isolate and like just rediscover like the rawest kind of form of myself like what does that look like when I don't have all these tools you know available to me and like how can I redefine like what healing looks for me like when I've like hit rock bottom and so I realized that who I was living in New York City and back in Connecticut Mm -hmm. like that girl is kind of no longer and like I feel like I'm also kind of like grieving like who she was Mm -hmm. as well um and just trying to find new meaning and just like everything like I'm also like really big into like my spirituality and just like candle magic like I've tried doing like candle magic here and it just like Something just feels just like very off. So mm-hmm. like, I don't know, I feel like I'm just really trying to just like yeah. find new meaning in just like everything and just like being okay with just recognize that like what used to work just might not work for you right now. And so low key, I feel like I've been going through like a whole identity crisis, but you know what? That's a topic for another day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I, I completely feel you on that. I think also you know, I love that you touched on having seasonal healing practices. Mm -hmm. I think it's um, so interesting because I resonate with that. I think that when you're in certain phases of your life or whatever, you know, phase or era that you might be in, you might 
reach out and do certain practices or have certain um, tools or modalities that really work for you in the moment. But sometimes it's just not going to work. And it's mm-hmm. your your mind, your body asking you to dig deeper and look and feel. And maybe instead mm-hmm. of thinking, like, get into the somatic, get into yeah. the touching, the sensory, you know, part of your healing journey. Yeah. So. I, I totally understand and, and resonate with that. Um, yeah, I think one thing I want to add to that when it yeah. comes to music, I definitely want to recommend for all the girlies listening to listen to Beautiful Chorus um, on Apple Music, Spotify. Like this was all, I started listening to them when I started my spiritual, like ancestral, like journey and connecting with my ancestors. And I felt like when I first moved to California and just having like access to the vastness of like nature out here, I would just like, I'm going to go to the beach. I'm going to put my headphones and just like listen to this music. I'm going to bring my crystals. We're going to cleanse them. Like we're going to do it all. Um, And I felt like beautiful chorus, like their affirmations just like really speak to me on just like such a deep level. Mm. Um, And yeah, I definitely will say like a lot of my, my, healing tools like have been seasonal like I know when I first moved to LA I was really big on my crystals and like my singing bowls and just feel like now like it's just something different and I feel like you know like that's okay so yeah yeah okay we're gonna have to link that in the show notes for the girls (laughs) to check out um thank you for sharing that definitely beautiful chorus so I would love to also talk a little bit more about the community that you have built in LA I know that you do like travel and obviously like come back to the East Coast whenever you can, but would love to know more about the community that you've built and how they've supported you, um, community, your support system, friends. How has that supported you in your healing journey? Because I know Mm -hmm. that there's obviously levels and limits to what you're comfortable sharing and what you, it's almost in a way managing your expectations of what you're going mm-hmm. to get back when you do show up and you're vulnerable. But mm-hmm. in the times that you have had that support, how has that supported you in your, your healing journey? Mm-hmm. I feel like for me, if I'm being honest throughout my time of working both nine to five and being a content creator, like I have literally mentally and physically just like have not had the time to really be emotionally available for those around me that wanted to pour into me. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was a hard realization for me to come to terms with because it's just like, I have let work consume so much of my life in a way that I never want to happen again. Um, And so I finally feel like I'm in a season now where I have left my nine to five, where I'm just like realizing, oh my God, my childhood best friend is about to get married and I'm not a part of her bridal party. Like, how do we like even get to this point, you know? And so it's just like, I'm now in a season where I'm opening up to like allowing people to support me and be there for me um, in just various different ways. And I definitely would like to say for anyone out there that feels like, you know, or that is currently just like putting so much time into their work and just like not, you know, looking up for a bit or like taking a breather, like, please let this be a reminder to do that. because you're not going to get the time. I'm not going to get 2020 back. I'm not going to get 2021 back, you know? And so I feel like to your question, it's kind of hard for me to answer because I'm like finally in a season where I'm just like now like making space for people to pour into me. And maybe that can also speak to just like 
adding to that feeling of loneliness that I feel because I'm just choosing to kind of work through my loneliness versus Mm -hmm. just like allowing people to just tell me to like take a breather and like be present you know in this moment but I will say in the time that I do hang out with friends just literally being outside of my house and just like being in their presence like is enough for me because my my day-to-day is literally just like being in this house turning on a camera filming editing one or the other and I think just my friends extending the invitation for me to just like step outside I think like does more for me like than they know um so yeah that's that's what I would say (laughs) yes shout out to the people that see you and yeah without you even having to say anything you know I think Mm -hmm. sometimes we overestimate what our friends need and sometimes Mm -hmm. it's literally that simple is showing up inviting you out girl get cute let's go Mm -hmm. out like it's you know whether it's like happy hour dinner whatever it is but showing up for you and being there for you without you having Mm -hmm. to kind of over explain or overextend what you need in that moment that is like that is key so I love that you touched on that um I would love for you to share what advice you have for any 20 something any young black girly or just anyone in general that is going through transitions listen I turned 30 in November and Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think it's crazy how much like in retrospect I'm like girl I wish I had you know had given myself a little bit more grace and extended Mm -hmm. a little bit more you know kindness and compassion to myself but your 20s are hard they're mm-hmm. so hard. I think I did enough crying in my 20s to last me the next like 15 years. You know, mm-hmm. I've had enough like breakdowns and panic attacks and all those things because it's an unraveling um, mm-hmm. in so many ways. But I would love for you to share from your perspective where you are right now as a young 20 something, you know, what's what's some advice or what's something that you've really taken away that you want to share with the girlies? Yeah, I'm not sure how this might resonate for everyone, but for me, I'm into human design. Um, and so yes. I recently found out that I am a splenic projector. So mm-hmm. for me personally, when it comes to making decisions, like it's literally just like a gut feeling or like an instinctual feeling that like I just know what's right and what's wrong yeah. for me to do. Um, and so with that, I guess I would say is just like, do whatever your gut and your heart is telling you to do and the same goes for if you don't feel like doing something just do not do it I feel like our 20s we definitely have a little bit more room for error and I wish that I would have told myself that like earlier on in my time that you have so much room to kind of like make mistakes and you know kind of figure it out um so for me like when it was time for me to leave my you know nine to five I knew way before I made that decision that I wanted to do it but now that I have left my nine to five like I am probably the happiest the most free that I have ever felt um and I just want to see just more black women just like saying yes to what feels right in their body and not consistently feeling like oh or having a scarcity mindset that like no I can't leave my nine to five because I need to make x amount of money I don't know how I'm going to do this and I don't know how I'm going to do that and I feel like leaning more into like your faith and having confidence in your ability and what you can achieve for yourself I think 
is so, so important. Like had I continued to tell myself, oh no, I don't have a hundred thousand followers yet. So like, I'm not going to make X amount of money or get as many brand deals to then be able to financially, you know, sustain this lifestyle or just like survive. Like that I probably would still be at my nine to five burnt out, not getting emotional support from my friends or my family and just being emotionally available. But it's just like, I said, no, I'm going to do what feels good in my body. And the amount of money that I'm making is literally 10 times more that I'm making, you know, just at working my nine to five. And I don't have a hundred thousand followers or these outrageous things that I was telling myself, you know, in my mind. Um, So I definitely would say like, just start doing more of like, just what feels good and right for you in your body. Um, I think I would also say, um, honestly, like heal the shit that you are just very afraid of, or just don't really know how to go about. Like, that's how I feel, you know, with healing the mother wound with my mom. Like, this is like so new to me because like she hasn't been so present in my life. And for me, it just kind of feels like conflict. Like I don't like to deal with conflict at all. And so I feel like throughout this journey of like starting the healing process, I'm discovering the many different things that was kind of like holding me back, whether it was romantically or just like dating or just like even within friend groups. Like I realized that through healing my mother wound, it makes sense as to why I haven't been emotionally available to my girlfriends because that meaning of sisterhood or kind of like what womanhood really should look like for me was kind of like stunted at such a young age. So I really feel like not being afraid to kind of like do the work and at least just like making the conscious effort can really open your eyes to so many other you know aspects of your life where you feel like you're not growing or you're not evolving Mm -hmm. um so yeah and I know like that sounds so cliche like heal 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 (laughs) but I will definitely say on my journey in my 20s so far I definitely was like you know what I'm tired of healing and I'm just gonna be like I'm just going to be and we're just gonna see what happens because to do the work every day is literally just like it's exhausting and it's very hard um so yeah part of the work is also the the pleasure it's the joy the the rest the leisure that is the work too in so Mm -hmm. many ways so I yes I love everything that you shared that hits home on so many levels and I know that a lot of other people resonate with this especially if they are going through you know the mother wound and unpacking their relationship Mm -hmm. with their parents their family that is sometimes a source of a lot or the majority of our our traumatic experience sometimes you know Mm -hmm. so I really appreciate you sharing that and my last question for you is what does softness mean to you as a black woman Mm. softness to me looks like not feeling like you need to carry it all by yourself um I think for me what I'm realizing is that I don't think I'm going to stay in LA much longer, but I think what definitely brought me to that decision was like, I'm tired of feeling these feelings of sadness or loneliness and feeling like I need to carry those feelings by myself. Like I should be able to pick up the phone and be like, 
hey ma hey dad like it's been a day like I just need to like come to you and just like release or something whereas here it's like yeah I can call them but they're also 3,000 miles away it's like what how you know how much space can they really hold for me you know and so I feel like softness just like to me means being able to like just release in a safe way where you feel truly seen and truly heard. Um, I think softness for me also means, and I don't, I feel like just resting, but I know to some people it shouldn't be a luxury, but to some people it is a luxury. And so I'm very aware of that, but I definitely do want to say that to me, softness is being able to have the leisure to rest whenever you feel burnt out whenever you feel like you just can't do something um I think that's like another big thing to me in terms of um in terms of softness I'm trying to see if there's like anything else that comes to mind um yeah I think those would be what I would say yeah I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Imani. Before you go, we have a quick rapid fire session for you. So this is okay. just quick on the nose, whatever comes to mind. Um, mm-hmm. These are curated based on you. So <laughs> these resonate. But yeah, if you want to elaborate on any of them, feel free. If not, we just know we'll keep it moving. Okay. Okay. So, ready? Mm-hmm. So first question. Wash and go or your famous wand curls? Wand curls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they take a lot to do, yes. but wand curls. <laughs> your wand curls, nobody's touching your wand curls, okay? They're Mm-mm. gorgeous, gorgeous. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Second question. Best view in LA that you've seen? The best view would have to be... I'm debating between two. If you ever go to Rooftop by JG in Beverly Hills, that's an amazing view. But then also if you go to, I think it's pronounced El Matador Beach in Malibu, Mm -hmm. 10 out of 10. Mm -hmm. Those two. Okay. Noted. Noted. SZA or Summer Walker? SZA. Let's not even. (laughs) No shades of summer, but like control is tatted, boo-boo. Okay? So like. Literally. Let's not even. Period. 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 Um, best matcha, homemade, or at one of your favorite cafe spots? At this point, I'm bougie. I don't trust nobody matcha but my own. However, (laughs) if you're not at that level in LA, I would definitely have to vouch for Alchemist Coffee Project. Like 10 out of 10, their lavender matcha latte iced Mm. is amazing. Mm -hmm. That sounds so good. That sounds so good. Yes. (laughs) Okay. And last question, YouTube. Instagram or TikTok? YouTube all day. If Instagram or TikTok crashed today, I would be like, you know what? <laughs> That's a good one. I'm just yeah, it's been a good one. Wow. And we're going over to YouTube. I just love long form. It just feels less um less competitive. I feel like things yes. can just flow a lot more easier. Um the editing sometimes is annoying, but it's only annoying because I also have to edit for Instagram and TikTok. Yes. If, yes. if the only platform I had to edit for was YouTube, that would be fine. Okay, like I'll figure it out. I'll make a schedule, but YouTube for sure. Okay. 
Period. There you have it. Amani, thank you so much. Speaking to you was beautiful. I love hearing more about your story, your journey, as you take us along with you. Can you tell us where we can find you and stay in touch with you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, um, at Amani Rakia. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thinking about relaunching my Life Lately newsletter. It's been a long mm-hmm. time coming. Um, but yeah, the link is also in the bio on my TikTok, Instagram, mm-hmm. and YouTube if you want to subscribe to my newsletter. I'm about to get back into my writing bag because I missed yeah. it. But yeah. Yeah. I loved your newsletter, so I'm excited. For you on that. <laughs> Thank you so much, my love. I appreciate you. And yeah, stay connected with Amani. You will learn so much from her and with her as she takes you along her journey. And thank you for being on The Soft Life. Thank you for having me. To stay connected, join Sadie Baddies on Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, and more, and sign up for our monthly newsletter on sadiebaddies.com to stay in the loop. Sending you hella love and stay soft, baddie.